Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. My name is Chris. His name is Craig. Welcome in. Pirates Fest. Did you, you went, right? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't get there as early as I normally would uh, because the little one has his, uh, it's called Little Hooper's Basketball Camp, and that ran until about 11 o'clock. Oh, he's a little hooper. Yeah. Went back, picked up picked up my, uh, my friend Joe, my neighbor, with his two kids. Me, him, and five kids uh, went down to Pirates Fest, spent about, I don't know, about three and a half hours there. And dude, the kids and us, we just had like an absolute blast. I haven't posted any of the videos yet. Uh, Teddy, my youngest, the one, the little hooper, he uh, he got on, on this baseball field they had out there. And Bob Walk, former pitcher, current, you know, Keller commentator for the Pirates. Uh, Teddy was one to show him he was faster than him. And Bob Walk ran around the bases with Teddy. It was it was awesome. Got some autographs, you know, batting cages, all kinds of fun stuff, dude. I I had a blast because for me, Pirates Fest is it's about my kids. Like that's that's what I want to do with them. There, they're the ones they they love talking to players, getting autographs, uh, talking to. I, I got a bunch of pictures. My son was like with Mitch Keller, Henry Davis, Uh-oh. Neil Walker, just. Pirates Fest is is a bunch of fun stuff, dude. All right. I said, uh-oh, and they're in the middle because I you got cut out on my feed, but it's probably just me. I'm going to blame me on that one. Just at the very end, it just kind of disappeared. <laughs> so we'll, whoever's watching will know whether or not it was me or if it was Craig, but somehow the screen went crazy there for a second. I am getting what you're saying, though. You know, these, these festivals, they become autograph hound events, right? They become... Uh, people sitting there wanting to pick a bone with the organization, and there's a time for that. I love it. I mean, trust me, I love getting up with a microphone and yelling at somebody who's not spending money. The problem is Bob Nutting wasn't there to yell at, right? Like, you can yell at the, at the general manager, but it's, it's not his purse strings. And so, one, I will say this very publicly, absolute cowardice by the owner not to show up at his festival. Cowardice, okay? You should show up. You should have a, even if, if you don't want to do the panel on your own, you should be on stage for one panel for one hour and you should take questions. If you're going to own a sports team and you can't spend one hour, even with, even with a couple of other members of your staff, like have Charrington on there, have an experienced moderator on there. They'll, they'll deflect so much for you that you're probably going to have to field about four or five questions over that hour. You're going to get to sit there and talk and wax poetic about how wonderful you are and how much you love 
Pittsburgh. You're going to get a softball question by that guy that's wearing everything pirates. You know, his underwear are pirates, his socks are pirates. <laughs> He's wearing a pirate's wristband, a pirate's headband, a pirate's jersey, a pirate's jacket, pirate's pants. He's got pirate shorts over the pirate's pants. It looks a little weird. He's got pirate socks. He's walking around with a pirate's flag. He's got three kids following him. They're all decked out in pirate stuff. And he's going to be like, what do you think are the chances we could win this year? I really love what you're doing. Like, there's always that guy who's just, like, such a homer that he doesn't care about the fact that the owner is terrible. Like, you're going to get that question, too. So I don't understand why you can't get in front of your fan base once a year and allow them to ask you, a question. I think it builds trust. There's a lot of owners that go and do it. So on one hand, there, I love that about it, and I go back to what you're saying about the kids. I love the idea of kids being around these things. I love anything they can do for the kids to run around the festival. It's what they should be doing. You're trying to build your fan base. I mean, their marketing department should be focused on the kids because you're trying to get a, a lot more of those guys that wear nothing but pirate stuff and will accept all the bad stuff because they just love the team <laughs> because, you know, uh, uh, you know, somebody ran around the bases with them, right? So I get why the kids' stuff is there, and it's fun. And when I brought my kids to festivals, I always focus on that stuff. When I'm there by myself, though, I sit there and I try to ask some tough questions. And I, I hope that you got an opportunity to ask a question or at least hear some of the other fan questions. What was your What was your take on the crowd vibe? Not not the overall, not the not the. The overexcited fan, not the guy that's decked out in nothing but pirates gear, not the children, right? But the vibe of the of the true fan that lives and dies with this team. What was the vibe there? I mean, even in this type of situation, Chris. I mean, we're talking about like all the pirates fans. I mean, it's they said they had around like twenty thousand tickets spoken for. That is still probably the group of people that fall more in line with the guy you're you you gave the example of as opposed to the angry fan. I mean, there are some people in the middle, but I will say like, I mean, anything the pirates do, and I have to say this first, it, it, it is taken to the nth degree in one direction or another. I mean, it came out uh, prior to this, that there was a little button where you could submit questions, you know, prior to it. And they thought that all of the questions were going to be through that, but it basically turns out that they were about half and half. And they were kind of giving people an opportunity to maybe ask questions if they weren't going to be able to be there and still get their question answered. You talk about a moderator. Yeah, but you you also control the message then, right? Like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna pick the questions you like, and then you're able to kind of weed out ones you don't want to answer. So I mean, that's a smart way to do things. It's a frustrating thing if you're a fan yeah. and you wanted to ask something of of the front office or somebody that's surrounding the team. Yeah, but I mean, even like some of the like the first couple questions were about, you know, payroll and those came from, you know, the, the quote unquote screen, screen questions that were, you know, submitted, you know, online and different stuff like that. There was the questions uh, somebody talked and asked Ben Sherrington directly, you know, about, you know, the pitching development, how, you know, you saw Rowanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz and Quinn Priester kind of struggle with velocity, struggle with different stuff. And I mean, you could say he kind of gave a cookie cutter answer, but he also, you know, said this is something that they're aware of. I mean, hopefully it's something they're aware of and they're going to fix. I mean, Travis Williams answered questions concerning payroll and concerning, you know, where the revenue stream goes to. A lot of people took, you know, the, the answer that he gave concerning player development uh, with a grain of salt or they either they lashed out about it, especially online, obviously. Um, that they said they're probably in the top five in, you know, what they spend in player development. And that included draft, international. 
I mean, if, if you've ever been to Pirate City and hopefully, I mean, I'm trying to book my my tickets tonight to be down there um, in March to see the first uh, prospect, I guess, all-star games they're playing down there. Um, but if you've ever seen the facilities at Pirate City, I mean, they're like top notch, like they're some of the best, you know, in, in the major leagues. And I've seen a bunch, even at Lecom Park. So, I mean, I can see that they're putting that money in. And when you're not seeing, you know, the product on the field improve, but the thing that I would say to that kind of is, is I'm kind of, I, and as far as the development part goes, I'm being a little bit more patient than most, just because I realized they didn't get in until 2020. There was no minor league season in 2020. So they basically had three years to implement all of this stuff, add all of this technology. They didn't have rap soda. They didn't have any of this stuff beforehand. And pitching takes time. Yeah. Pitching development takes more time than the players. You get guys who are college ready players who can show up and move through a system very quickly. You you get you get guys that are a little bit more polished at the plate or just need to work on some kind of hitch in their defense. You can get guys that if you have really high end talent can move through the minor leagues very quickly. Pitchers generally show up with only a couple pitches in their arsenal, have to learn new pitches, and then they have to learn against competition that is so much better than them and where they came from. You don't see pitchers move through systems as quickly as position players unless that pitcher is sent to the bullpen and then spends time in the pen while they're working out their stuff because they're a valuable piece on a competitive team. You see competitive teams do that, and a guy sits in a bullpen for a year or two you know, being a long reliever or being a guy that's going to come in for an inning, inning and a half, two innings. And on the side, they're doing that development. So then all of a sudden, a year, two years into his career, now all of a sudden that guy is getting stretched out to be a starter. Chris Sale was like that. You just saw him get traded. And and the, the Red Sox traded him to the Braves, and that's how he started. He was a guy that was very quickly to the majors and then was a bullpen guy where they continued to develop until he became the, the starting pitcher that now is making ridiculous amounts of money on a promise, even though he really didn't do very much when he was with the Red Sox, and, uh, and, and continues to make a ton of money off of the promise of what he can be. So the pitchers, it's either to the bullpen or it's a long time in the minor leagues. Paul Skeens wasn't there. I, I mean, I'm hopeful when I read all these things about him that he could be a factor this year. I think the Pirates are hopeful he could be a factor. You know, I, I wish he would have been there. Uh, did you hear anything about him? Did 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 Charrington talk about that guy at all? I mean, he definitely talked to. I mean, there was like you know some questions about that of of what you know because people want to see him like as soon as possible. And yeah, it's so he's basic... the best prospect in the system, and you need yeah. a starting pitcher. Like that's the thing under this plan, under the way the Pirates are going to operate. Even though you hate it, they are never going to be able to go out and find a Scott Boris client. That's a that's a frontline number one starting pitcher and pay the guy thirty five to forty million dollars a year. They're never going to do that, right? So they're going to have to find guys that are in the middle to the back end of their rotation in free agency, and they're going to have to find that ace in their system. So he becomes so important his development and when he gets here and his control and all of that stuff is what that's that he should be really one of the biggest names and the names that people is talking about surrounding his team like he's got to be at the top of your list if you have five guys in the entire pirates organization that you're most interested in he's got to be in that five 
Yeah, and I guess it, it it came out later that there was like a conflict of interest, a conflict of scheduling. Sorry, not a conflict of interest, but conflict of scheduling as to why he wasn't there. But I mean, the biggest thing coming out is, I mean, they've been pretty straight laced on this that it's it's he will show us when he's ready. Uh, I mean, people that saw him pitch at you know at LSU would probably think that he's ready and he could be ready for I like you're talking about maybe a bullpen role right now. But if you really want you know, to see him developed as a starter and the starter that he's going to be. I mean, he's got a little over six professional innings, you know, under his belt. And, and but here's the thing is, if he comes out and he's like, you know, pitching really well in Altoona and gets bumped up to Indianapolis and is pitching really well right there, and then you still don't see him till like July or August, of course, there's going to be some blowback. <laughs> If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand, Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at WW Shop Yins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. Can, can I read his can I read his outlook in uh, on cbs.com? Just just be, I just want to cuz I find it is just when you read it, you you really understand how important he is. And how his development is important and how you don't want it to be like the Mitch Keller thing where he's up and he's down and he's up and he's down and he's up and he's down. And you don't want to waste a lot of time with him once he gets up. You want him to be ready to go. But you can understand why people are chomping at the bit to get him up here. So CBS Sports has their fantasy outlook on Paul Skeens. And I know fantasy is not real baseball. I get it. But it does give you a lot of insight into what, you know, all fantasy baseball is essentially trying to predict based upon metrics and what people are saying about a guy, when is he going to get to the majors and what can he become and what is his ceiling? Okay. And what are his pitfalls? So it's really a, a, a scouting report when you get this stuff. And here it is, Paul Skeens, the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft is such a good pitching prospect that the most interesting thing to discuss with him is when he will make his big league debut. He tallied 122 and two-thirds innings for LSU and six and two-thirds innings across stops at rookie ball, single A and double A last season. So you're right. Doesn't get a lot of time with the in professional baseball, but he did pitch a lot, okay, because he was pitching for LSU. All right, a total, a total of just over 129 innings. So there shouldn't be any notable workload restrictions in his age 22 season beyond the normal care team show, their most prized young arms. Additionally, if Skeens were to spend a full year in the majors and win Rookie of the Year, the Pirates would be rewarded with a prospect promotion incentive draft pick at the end of the first round in 2025. Like, he's the kind of name where you'd at least have to consider it. Now, like, that's difficult to believe, though, that a pitcher 
is going to go out and win rookie of the year. Like, you don't see that that often. But he's so good that it's something to consider, even though I don't think that you make it. I don't think you go and start him if he's not ready at the beginning of the year because you're trying to get a prospect uh, promotion incentive draft pick. The six foot six righty boasts two potential 80 grade pitches. His fastball sits at 99 to 100 miles an hour and touches 103. And a, he also has a mid 80 slider. Wow. Just those two pitches should scare the hell out of people. 80 grade. <laughs> he has started throwing his upper 80s changeup more. And that looks like a potential third elite offering. The only thing that could derail an ascent to ace status in a few years are injuries and or unforeseen command issues. Unforeseen, which means they don't believe he has command issues. Skeens is generally seen as the best college pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg. And Strasburg made 11 starts in the upper levels of the minors before making his big league debut. So that gives you an idea of his timeline. That could be Skeens' path as well, but there are different incentives in place now, so he would be appointment viewing in spring training games for as long as he remains in big league camp because you're trying to figure out whether or not he's actually going to start the season with the team. That's the outlook on this guy. Make no mistake about it. The Pirates may be trying to downplay him, and yeah, sure, maybe there was some sort of scheduling conflict, right? But, I mean, this is your front and center. Shining night on top of a hill changes everything for you if he's ready to go. If he comes out in spring and he's wowing people, changes everything for you. Like, sure, Major League Baseball is going to adjust to him. Sure, he's going to have to make adjustments, and that may be why you're worried about it. Maybe you wait because of the Super 2 status and an extra year control. There's a million different factors in here, right? But I, I see a manager on stage from the quotes that I saw that is trying to win a division this year. I see a team talking the talk, not like they're not giving those cookie cutter answers like, oh, you know, we're just going to go out there and try. And they're talking individual. They're talking team. They're talking winning. They're talking. We want a chance, which means you need to make more signings before this is over. Please sign more pitchers. Okay. But Skeens is going to be a big factor into whether or not that becomes a reality. So, so Craig, he is the story of spring training. I would say, you think I'm wrong about that? No, I don't think you're wrong at all, Chris. It's, I mean, I, here's the thing is, you know, I'm trying to like temper my expectations because, you know, the Pirates always let us down in some way. Well, you don't want him to know? be Steven Strasburg either. Look at what happened to that guy. Nobody <laughs> injury after injury after injury. Like, it's scary. But I mean, they're also basically saying like, if he doesn't turn into injury Steven Strasburg and he's, he's healthy Steven Strasburg, then, then guess what, Pirates fans? You do have an ace. Even if he doesn't perform at ace status and you see him have some down games and stuff. You do have an ace for a long amount of time that you're hoping is going to arrive this year. And is so- the sooner the better if he's ready, because that's it. That If you really want to be in the playoff picture, if you really want to start talking about being a team that could make it to the postseason and make noise and possibly give the city of Pittsburgh a championship, it, it, like this guy being good is a real big need. You need that domino to fall properly. Yeah. And I mean, it's for him and me, it just kind of goes like into like two different conversations. And the first one is, you know, him when he's going to come up, definitely going to be, you know, after a certain date where they will have that extra year of control of him. A, a, a small market team is is never or a small revenue or whatever you want to is never going to let go um, of that extra year of control to have a player for basically seven years as opposed to six. I wouldn't do it either. Who cares about that developmental pick? If he really is a potential number one starter, 
I would hold him back. Yeah. And then the other piece to that is, you know, it's the Mitch Keller extension. You know, we, we talked me mentioning before, you know, Mitch Keller, it's, he needs to be extended or there at least has to be some discussions about that because right now, if Mitch Keller, who has, you know, two more years of team control, he's in arbitration, he's arbitration eligible this year. Uh, they'll be exchanging numbers in like three days from recording here. So that basically means they'll sign the extension tonight. But no, it's it's the the ninth right now. They, they exchange God, numbers I hope they on the twelfth. I do too. I don't I don't <laughs> care if this is outdated. But I hope I, they seriously, do. Like that would be that would be huge. I mean, you you need that, okay? Because otherwise, you're going to be an unrestricted free agent at the age of thirty, and he is going to make a ton of money. He's going to make a ton of money, and, and that's and where so a lot they've of this got to figure to, this man. out. That's yeah. where a lot of this stuff goes to, man. It's like seeing the the amount of money. That, that people are getting. And we keep talking about this every single time. So, I mean, I understand it's the market, but people are getting paid insane amounts of money. And most of those guys are getting opt-outs. So that if they like perform well, they can go make even more money. So it's, it's so like, the market, he has to be looking at this saying, okay, I'm, I'm due 6 million around 6 million this year, which would work out to maybe be like, I don't know, 12, 13 next year. But if I can make that like, you know, 19 million over the next two years, I'll be making that or more, more than likely more if I pitch as well as I did last year or get even better every year after that. I mean, well, and this is the cheapest that you're ever going to get them. I I honestly believe that anybody who's sitting there saying, well, the market's out of control. Do you really want to go at these prices? It's only going to get bigger. It's only going to get more expensive. And he he did have a 4.21 ERA. He, he still has not reached his full potential. You are gambling by paying him and giving him a big extension. You are gambling a little bit. You don't know about injuries. You don't know if he's going to get better, right? You're gambling on the idea of there is still an arrow pointing upward and his best seasons are still ahead of him. And you believe that those great seasons will last into his year 30, 31, 32 year. Like that he's going to become a high-end, front-end, number-one-type starter, number two. If they can extend Keller and Skeens becomes what he is, the Pirates don't need to worry that much. Like, that's the thing. It comes down to what can you afford. Because if you can't keep Keller, you're going to have to go out and sign one of those Boris guys. You're going to have to get into that mix for a pitcher that's a free agent. And then you're going to have to hope that the guy that you want doesn't turn out to be like Aaron Nola where he's like, yeah, I'm not even going to, I'm just going to stay. Right. Or Jordan Montgomery, who supposedly the Yankees want really badly, but he's like, yeah, I want to go back to Texas. Right. And, and that's that's one of the big names out there right now who has not signed because he's willing to wait because he just knows where he wants to go. There's so many factors that get in the way of signing these front end pitchers. If you believe in Mitch Keller, do it now. Right. Do it now. You have to spend the money now. It, it is a gamble. Yes, it is. Anything can happen, but it's a gamble with any of these players. Anybody can go out there and blow out their ACL. Anybody can go out there and have their arm basically fall out. Anybody can have something bad happen to them, okay? And, and that, is, that is just the cost of doing business. And so at some point, they've got to invest because, you, you know, I get it. You can't have a, a massive payroll. But these, there are these, these certain positions you've got to spend money on. You're going to need to spend money on pitching. Okay, I don't care if you go and find guys off the scrap heap player-wise. I don't care if you you only rarely spend money on your position players because you're able to develop them. But every team has a shortfall somewhere, every organization. 
And the Pittsburgh Pirates organization has had a pitching shortfall. And they have dealt with it now for years upon years. And if you believe in this guy, you got to pay him. You have to, Chris. And and that's where this kind of comes down to. Because why are you even waiting to exchange numbers in my eyes? Because, I mean, your numbers should be fairly close and fairly similar together. To me, like this arbitration number doesn't even really matter that much. And we've seen before, you know, Bob Nutting has stepped in and and done stuff where, you know, they end up paying Brian Reynolds for a couple years of arbitration. And then, you know, there's some falling out concerning, you know, having the conversations concerning his extension. And they he brings them back together and it ends up working out. But it's the same thing like you're saying, Chris, is if you believe in this player, I mean, you believed in Brian Reynolds enough not to say that he was going to be a superstar, but you believed in, in him enough that he was going to perform to his contract. You needed to get him for you know years to come. I feel like Keller falls in the same boat. I really do. Yeah, and you look at it right now. I mean, I, I'm just looking at his wins above replacement. You know, I mean, here's a guy that was never never had any until 22. He had a two. He was two wins above replacement approximately. I'm looking on spot track right now because I was looking at his contract. So they have his war at two, and then they have his 2023 season just a hair underneath three full games is what it is. And, and that's the thing. That's not enough for a massive contract right now. And if you were sitting there and you were talking to him, he knows. He knows that if he can't get that number up, there's only so much money he can make, too. That's why this is the time to do this, right? There's still doubt Mitch Keller over what his eventual value will be when he becomes a free agent and when he's 30 years old. He, he isn't sure yet, right? Like, you want him to be confident. But deep down, even an advisor would look at him and say, well, you know, Mitch, if you only improve a little bit more or if you continue to be consistent what you were last year, you're probably only worth this. If they're willing to pay you like they believe that you're going to get better, then congratulations, a very long road of up and down and bad seasons and everything else like that. Now you can just focus on your craft. And, that, and that's the other thing. That you want, right? You, it, it, that's why this is such a good time to go and do this, right? It's the perfect time to go and do it. And, and it really puts the Pirates in a very good direction, you know? It, it really kind of solidifies some things. Like, look, man, they still got to go out and sign some people. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, they, 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 they need another pitcher. Even if Skeens is going to get here, I'd go get another starter. I, I looked at the list the other day. It's like 50% of free agents in Major League Baseball are still unsigned. We're a month away from pitchers and catchers. Like, it's going to be a free-for-all over the next couple of weeks, right? And and that's good. That means teams like the Pirates, who have been sitting back and waiting for the market to correct itself, are going to start seeing free agents more receptive because they don't want to end up without a chair. They don't want to be sitting there saying, man, i got to sign a minor league contract because I couldn't find a place in the majors. I don't know where I'm staying. I don't know where I'm moving my family to. I don't know where I'm going for spring training. Right. I mean, like at some point, these guys do want to sign and they start to realize that maybe I wasn't high up on list with all the teams in Major League Baseball. Maybe this offer is the right offer that I should take. Maybe we should be talking to these guys and trying to up it a little bit. And maybe I should be signing. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. So I would expect the Pirates to be adding, especially in the pitching front. And if you believe what Ben Sherrington's saying, I mean, Ben Sherrington said during Pirates Fest that he they have made offers of multi-year contracts to pitchers. I mean, they're still talking about, you know, looking at trades. 
So I do believe another pitcher is coming. Hopefully it's of the caliber that would require, you know, a multi-year deal, or it would be, you know, a pitcher that, you know, has more years of control than that than you're trading for. I, I'm still staying hopeful for that. But like you said, Chris, like it's not too many days till, till spring training starts. It's just going to be, you know, yeah, you do have to add that guy because we've talked about before, like Marco Gonzalez, like what's he going to look back coming, you know, coming back from that injury. I mean, Martin Perez is going to be who Martin Perez usually is. And last year he gave less innings because the Rangers rotation became so good that he was kind of forced to the bullpen but he's been a guy who's who's gonna give you innings. You have Mitch Keller hopefully taking that step forward. Paul Skeen's on the way. Well, yeah, think about this. Think about this. I guy. mean, look at look at their rotation right now. And imagine Skeen's showing up after he's gotten past that super two point and he shows up and he's effective. He's an effective pitcher. Let's just imagine if that happens, right? And he's what he's the prince that who has promised. He's not gonna have his career year, but he's going to be a guy that's gonna take the ball. Every five days, they're going to have to probably, you know, they might have to put him on. He's not going to pitch 200 innings, right? But, I mean, you get 160 innings out of him or 150 innings out of him after he pitched almost 130 the year before between college and his few few innings that he pitched. So, like, you get that out of this rookie, and he really shows up after that super two point, okay? And you add him in with Keller, and the let's say the Pirates got one legit starting pitcher off of the list that's still out there. There are several of them that would slot in there in a top three position. And you could have Keller, Skeens, and that guy with Perez almost really being your de facto four by the time you get towards the playoff hunt. Like, that's really what you could have. He could be, if Skeens shows up and he's the prince who has promised, and you get get one more pitcher who's a legit mid-rotation guy, because there are better guys than Martin Perez that are out there that they probably can go and sign. Yeah. Okay? You, Perez would be a four when it comes time for the playoff push in the second half of the year. Okay. And imagine then if at that point the, 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 the cheapskate sees this team doing well and pushing for a division, and now some of that capital that you have in prospects is dealt at the deadline to add another arm. In reality, right now on this team, there may only be two pitchers that will actually be part of the starting five by the time the year ends because schemes will come into the fold. They'll sign somebody else. Right. And, and then they make a, they make a, they actually make a deadline deal to add with their prospects. Like, you could like that. If, if, if they, it all depends on how the season starts, it all depends on how it all gets going, Craig. Right. Yeah. But I mean, if they have aspirations to win, that that is a possible scenario they might be looking at this year, you know. And looking back, Chris, I mean, I went, I I always the twenty and eight start always gets brought up, but if you look at, I mean, they they were were firing on all cylinders, but if you look back to like you had, I think it it was something ridiculous, like what was it seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve? I don't remember at this point in time quality starts in a row, like what a pitching staff can do for a team it it not only you know gives you know the overall outlook of the team but it gives the team like some overall confidence as well it's just like people can be more relaxed people can you know have a little bit more fun you saw stealing more bases being a little bit more aggressive 
doing type of stuff like that, you see these teams being built and so much of it hinges on a pitching staff. So much and, of it. Does. And you, and you can see a guy like Marco Gonzalez being becoming a guy that like, yeah, sure. He's at the bottom of your rotation by the time you get into the playoff push. But I mean, just as eating innings and keeping you in games with a confident young team with an O'Neill Cruz, it sounds like he's ready to go. You see that in our fantasy league? Did you see that in our fantasy league? Somebody traded O'Neill Cruz. I didn't see that. Yeah, made a trade. Made a trade. Didn't like come sent to me. Three, sent three guys, and one of them was Cruz, as if Cruz was just a prospect. And I laughed. I texted the guy who acquired him. I'm like, "You are going to have a great year with that kid. That kid's going to be. <laughs> that kid's going to have a huge year this year. Big year this year out of him. Like I want that young, hungry. No more. No more collisions at home plate, though." Let's just stay away from that. Did you have him at one point? I did. I did. I did. I had him at one point. I think I gave him to you. I think you're the fool that got rid of him. Not this time. I I can't remember. He moved around way too much. I don't think he moves off a team in our league ever again. Now I see the changes in this town. They change.